I've been, I've been doing a lot of reading lately, and I've been reading books that chronicle the lives of some very interesting people. And in my reading, there's one person in particular that I haven't been able to get out of my mind. You know, it's like my wife and I really, we like watching those, the, the crime, like law and order, you know, where you don't know who's done, you know, what they do. Or, or court scenes where, where you know, you, you wonder why in the world, what was this person thinking? And how did they think that they could get away with what they did? And the story of this guy is, is an interesting story like that. It starts, it begins with a man who comes from apparently a very affluential family. He's very, very well educated, arguably in the top school, from the top school in the country, and he graduated at the top of his class. He was considered by his peers to be a brilliant man, and the professor, the lead professor at the college he attended, took him under his wing as his prized pupil. Now, working for one of the largest organizations in the world, and that's, he's working at this organization at the time these charges were alleged, he was at work one day when he made a startling discovery that he knew could possibly change the entire world forever. The only problem with this discovery was that it contained a banned substance that was illegal to reproduce or manufacture or distribute. So this man, with what he believed was the greater good in mind, broke the law and began illegal distribution of this revolutionary product all while documenting evidence of the life-changing results it had for people who dared to take it. Amazing. Needless to say, overnight, he became a wanted man. On several occasions, he narrowly escaped being apprehended by the authorities. And when he was finally caught, after several years, he was thrown into prison, where, while he was in prison, he was severely beaten almost to the point of death before he was able to go to trial. And after he recovered, he was later tried and convicted of heinous crimes against the state and received the death penalty. He remained on death row until he was executed. At first glance, when I read this story, I have to tell you my thought was, here is a guy born into wealth, received a top-notch education from the top school in the country, never in trouble, a model citizen, had everything that he could possibly imagine having for a successful life at the highest levels. But instead, as a result of his choices, he dies by execution as a criminal of the state. <laughs> So what could be so compelling about this guy named Saul of Tarsus? Because <laughs> that's who we're talking about today right now. We're talking about Saul of Tarsus. Why would Paul be willing to trade the best that life could possibly offer for a different life? Why would he be willing to do that? I'll tell you why. It's really simple. 
because Paul had a personal encounter with the king of all kings, and when he did, it instantly changed his life forever. Instantly. So I, take a, I took as a title today, The Kingdom of God is Here. The kingdom of God is here. I said it, I want to say it again. Paul in an instant was changed from an assaulter to an ambassador of the gospel. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that if we are in Christ, we too are ambassadors of the gospel or the, the good news of the kingdom of God. Look what he says here. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And therefore... We are ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. In other words, come join us in the kingdom of God. Now, Paul used the word, uses the word ambassador here. Let me give you a definition of the word ambassador. Right out of the dictionary. An ambassador is an official diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. An ambassador is an an official diplomat sent by a country as its official representation to a foreign country. A representative to a foreign country. Look what Paul tells us about this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. He says, For through him, Christ, we both have access in one spirit to God. And so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of God, of the Lord. In him... In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. We spent a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit in us. I'm going to spend some more time in the weeks to follow talking about the the, the reason why the Holy Spirit and his presence in us is, is so important. Let me keep going about the apostles and the prophets. Hebrews Chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, the writer says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of of God. Majesty. Let me give you one more definition. It's going to be important. The definition of the kingdom of God. 
I don't know where this definition came from. It was from some place that I, I read. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you're hearing this definition, I'm not plagiarizing it. I want to give you your credit, even though I don't know who you are. Here's the definition I think is great. The kingdom of God is where the rule and the reign of the king has come and is always advancing in and through us. Paul says we're ambassadors. And as ambassadors of Christ, we've been given a message of the gospel and we are to proclaim that message to all nations. And here's what I want you to see. Because this thing hit me right between the eyes this week. It's not the message of salvation that we've been given. It's the message of the gospel of the kingdom. You see, the gospel of the kingdom integrates in its message the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation was never meant to be an end in itself. So here's a key statement I want you to, want you to take with you. Salvation is, is just the tip of the iceberg for kingdom-minded people. Salvation is just the tip of the iceberg for kingdom-minded people. Jesus preached the kingdom everywhere he went. From the beginning of his ministry all the way through the end of, or through the middle of his ministry, all the way to the very end of his ministry, Jesus preached the message of the kingdom. Let me give you a few examples. Why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're going to do a lot of reading right out of scripture today. Is that all right with you in this Bible church? <laughs> Man, I love the word of God. I just love it. Luke, I can't believe it. My iPad just died. That's all right. Luke chapter 4. Give me just a second. Technology, man. My wife dared me this week. She said, I bet you can't, I bet you can't go 24 hours without your phone. I said, how much money you got? <laughs> we didn't bet. Thank you. I'd have won, though, just so you know I would have won. Okay, I'm just about set up here again. All right, are you in Luke chapter 4? Okay, Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. And I really, I really want to take a side journey here to talk about what it means to be alone with God and how you can get alone with God. And when you do get alone with God, that you, man, when you get, when you get by yourself with God, just you and God, it 
it is noticeable to the people who you encounter. I'm going to leave that alone. And the report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he got up and said, oh, and by the way, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The kingdom. The kingdom. Flip over to to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Verse 1. Jesus in his ministry preaching about the kingdom from start to finish. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Are you there? So he called his 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God and to heal. (laughs) Okay, okay. He sent them to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God and to what? Heal. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to stop right there at verse 2. Drop down to verse 6. And they departed and they went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. What gospel were they preaching? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Flip over to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Beginning at verse 3. Man. Telling you, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. In the first book, O Theophilus, I'm at verse 1, Vax chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, why do he say in the first book? Because Acts is really like Luke 2. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Luke wrote the book of Acts. So this is actually Luke 2. So he says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after suffering many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about what? The kingdom of God. Here is Jesus beginning his ministry talking about the kingdom, until the last moment he's taken up into heaven, the last thing that he does is talk about the kingdom of God. From beginning to end. 
Now I want you to turn back, flip back over to your left a little bit to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. We're going to camp there for the rest of the time that we're talking today. Mark chapter 1. I love this text. Now, how, do you, how many of you know that God has order for everything he does? He's a God of order. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, right? That's what the scripture tells us, right? Check this out. Now, after John was arrested, John was in prison. Jesus waited until after John was arrested. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Wow. So even in this text, Jesus totally reinforces the truth of the gospel of the kingdom as the priority. And I don't know about you, but if you look at this text, when I first looked at this text, I always looked at it as, when I saw the word repent, you know, it was, it was confession of sins, right? It was a mission of wrong. It was always connected to remorse. But to repent means more than that. To repent means to, to have a change of mind and heart. It's, it's changing the way that you think. <laughs> so Jesus wasn't telling them to repent and confess their sins. He was telling them to repent and change the way that they had been thinking about the kingdom of God. Hear me now. Jesus didn't walk this earth trying to get people saved. <laughs> No, instead he said things like this. The time is now. The kingdom of God has come with me. I need you to embrace it. And so what Jesus did is he invited people into relationship with him as the king as he introduced them to his kingdom. How do we get there? Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ is the doorway into the kingdom of God. Salvation, though, is just the tip of the iceberg for kingdom-minded people. <laughs> power. Everybody say power. Power. I was watching a show the other night. We, we're... We're, we're citizens of the kingdom of God, which means our God is our king. I was watching a show the other night with a bunch of gang members. I, I think it was Blue Bloods. Anybody watch Blue Bloods in here? I kind of like that show a lot. I think it was Blue Bloods. And there was this, this, this gang, and it's a big gang, man. It's a big gang. They're talking about, we're going to take over this territory, Right? And Danny, one of the one of the Reagans, he's a he's a he's a cop, I think he's a detective. He summons the troops 
And he takes them into the territory where the gang is. And he's got this line of policemen with their cars and the SWAT teams and all that stuff. And he runs up to the guy. He says, you think you have a big gang? This is my gang right here. He said, this badge gives me the authority of the entire city and the power that goes along with it. You guys missed that. Listen, as citizens of the kingdom of God, we carry his authority. And we carry his power with us wherever we go. When Satan gets on our, on our trail, I start to say on your tail. <laughs> Keeping it nice for the Facebook Live people. When, when, when Satan gets on your trail, all you got to do is turn around and show him your badge. Listen, we have nothing to fear from our enemy. We are citizens of an entirely different kingdom. Right here, right now. Wow. <laughs> so, so salvation is just the tip of the iceberg. People who embraced the message were saved and they were healed and they were delivered and they were set free and they were made whole. And they were empowered to be disciples of Jesus. One of the books I read called The Green Ladder. In that book, the author writes this. The author's name is Steve Shawitz. By the way, if you haven't read that book, put it on, on your, on your to-read list. It's a great book. Here's what Shaw says. He said, I had, and it's a guy that's been pastoring for 34 years the time of the writing of the book. I had unknowingly reduced the gospel to a message of salvation. I brought people into a relationship with the king, but I was not experiencing the full. Everybody say full. full. No, everybody say full. Everybody say full. full. Thank you. See, I like, I like audience participations. He says, but I was not experiencing a full life in the kingdom characterized by signs and wonders and miracles and healings and deliverances. I brought people through the door of salvation, but no one was experiencing the kingdom like the disciples did. When our entire focus is on getting people to heaven, we miss that God wants to bring his kingdom and influence to the earth in and through us. We're kingdom kids, man. Someone was in my office last week. I don't remember who it was. But they said to me, they said, Jesus cared more about getting heaven into people than getting people into heaven. Hmm. Here's another key statement for you right here. Heaven is the last stop for kingdom-minded people. Listen, I don't know about you. I want to go to heaven. I'm going. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because I know when I stand before Jesus or when I stand before God, I, am, I will be standing clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I have no doubt about that at all. None. 
period, dot, zero, zip, zilch, nada, nil. <laughs> One more, <laughs> I can't think of any more, Mike. <laughs> I don't have any, I know, I, listen, I know where my eternal destination is. I know where I'm going. But I want to live victoriously here. I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want life for me as a, as, a, as a citizen of the kingdom of God to be relegated to my desire to go to heaven. I miss out on every opportunity that I have to be a kingdom builder and impact the kingdom of God with the power and authority that I've been given as his son when I'm just heavenly minded. It's got to be more than just, it's just not enough to just be saved. I'm going to get ahead of myself if I don't be careful. So what, Pastor Greg? So what? This message is about the gospel of the kingdom of God that Jesus commanded us to take to the rest of the world. I want you to get this visual. Jesus is walking along the shores of Galilee in Mark chapter 1. Just right, it's a subsequent verses right after the ones we just read. Mark chapter 1 beginning at verse 16. He's walking on the shores of Galilee. He calls his disciples out. And he, listen, listen to the context here. He calls out Peter and Andrew who are on the boat fishing. And he says to them, come follow me. High invitation. Here's what he's saying. Hey, man, I want you guys to come follow me. I'm asking you to come follow me. I got some stuff for you. You have no idea. But I'm going to need you to come off the boat and come follow me. And then he says, if you do that, using something that they could grasp, he said, if you do that, I'll make you fishers of men. Mike, what'd you do all of your life? Carpentry. It's like Jesus walking up to you, uh, Mike, and saying, Mike, if you follow me, I'll make you a carpenter of men. What'd you do all your life, Carol? Office work. You come follow me, Carol, and I'll make you an office worker of men and women. No, you guys hear me. Stick with me now. What'd you do, Diane? Accounting. accounting. You follow me, Diane. Come follow me and I'll make you an accountant above all accountants. <laughs> Randall. What do you do? Randall, you come follow me and I will make you the firefighter of men. What do you do, Malcolm? Malcolm, you come follow me and I will make you a structural fitted welder of men. 
Carl. And you have to tell me, Carl, you come follow me and I'll make you a security guard of 30 years of men, security forces. <laughs> context. Everybody say context. We're kingdom builders and Jesus was saying in essence, I want to take you and use you in your area of gifting and skill to build my kingdom in your realm of influence. <laughs> Implicit in that statement is this. That in the kingdom of God, every single person with every single gifting and skill set is needed and wanted. Jesus says, come follow me, high invitation. He says, but when you do, I'm going to give you the skill set that you need to do what it is that I've called you to do. You guys see that? Hmm. Here's the key takeaway I want you to hear. You and I are called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is not of this world. We are taking the kingdom of God. Listen, we have to be kingdom minded. We have to be. We have to be mindful that everything that we do is an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. Every conversation we have is a chance to shed light, to bring light to someone who's, who's in darkness. Kingdom builders. Everybody say kingdom builders. So I read some scriptures earlier about the apostles and, and the prophets that have gone on before us and, and all those saints of old, that great cloud of witnesses that we're surrounded by. Just like them, you and I have been called to a purpose that's much bigger than ourselves. It's the purpose that every Christ follower, every citizen of the kingdom of God, past, present, and future has been called to. We've been called to be ambassadors of the good news of the kingdom. Our king has come. His kingdom is right here, right now, and it's forever. And here's the key. All of us know people who are blinded by the enemy, who have not embraced the gospel, and therefore they are not citizens of the kingdom of God. Our responsibility, high invitation, come to me. High invitation, come follow me. Our responsibility as kingdom kids is to become fishers of men, carpenters of men, accountants of men, firefighters of men, so that through us the world can see and know that their opportunity to escape this world and be part of something greater, to spend eternity in a place that we're going with us, can only come by surrendering their life to Jesus Christ. And Every time we take an opportunity to do that, the kingdom of God grows.
So what are the indicators that I'm, a king, that I'm kingdom minded? Are you listening for the voice of God? Are you hearing him? Are you following what he tells you to do? Are you being drawn to others and are others being attracted to your life? Attracted to your life. Are you living a life worth imitating? Paul said, come follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you living a life worth imitating? Are you willing to open your life to people who don't know Jesus? And then finally, can you lead someone who doesn't know Jesus into a joy-filled relationship with him? Carl, will you come up? I want to end with this. There are some of you that may be sitting here right now. Most of you in here, I know you're mature followers of Jesus Christ. But there are some of you maybe in here right now, or maybe someone who's listening to this message today, or maybe will listen to it a year from now or two years from now. And perhaps you're saying, hey, man, I, I barely have, rela- I just barely stepped into the kingdom. I can't even fathom being an ambassador. Guess what? The moment you embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, you became an ambassador of the kingdom. So Jesus invites you to sit at his feet and grow as disciples of Christ by getting into his word and being in fellowship with other followers so you can grow in Christ-likeness in your character as a Christ follower. That's not enough. Because he also wants you to grow in your capacity to lead others to him. Your competency, your skill. Do you know how to tell your testimony? Are you able to give an answer of the hope that lies within you to anyone who asks you, why are you different? What makes you different? You and I are called to make a difference.